out of the funnies into your homes. And we hope your hearts too. The Watertown Players present Blondie. Before we join the bumsteads of Shady Lane Avenue, let's gather around the bandstand for a curtain raiser from Matt Emerson. Raise that curtain, Matt. Pardon me, boy, is that the Chattanooga choo-choo? Yes, yes, Track 29, boy, you can give me a shine. Can you afford to board the Chattanooga choo-choo? I've got my fare and just a trifle to spare. You leave the Pennsylvania station at a quarter to four. Read a magazine and then you're in Baltimore. Dinner in the diner, nothing could be finer than to have your ham and eggs in Carolina. When you hear the whistle blow an eight to the bar, then you know that Tennessee is not very far. Shovel all your coal in, gotta keep it rolling. Woo woo Chattanooga, there you are. There's gonna be a certain party at the station. Satin and lace. I used to call funny face. She's gonna cry until I tell her that I'll never roam. So Chattanooga choo-choo, won't you choo-choo me home? You leave the Pennsylvania station about a quarter to four. Read a magazine and then you're in Baltimore. Dinner in the diner, nothing could be finer than to have your ham and eggs in Carolina. When you hear the whistle blow an eight to the bar, then you know that Tennessee is not very far. Shovel all your coal in, gotta keep it rolling. Woo woo Chattanooga, there you are. There's gonna be a certain party at the station wearing satin and lace. I used to call her funny face. She's gonna cry boo-hoo until I tell her that I'll never roam. So Chattanooga choo-choo, won't you choo-choo me? Chattanooga choo-choo, won't you choo-choo me home? Thank you, Matt. This week's episode is being sponsored by the Watertown Players, your favorite community theater troupe for more than 30 years. You know, folks, I love to travel. I have been to some pretty exotic places. Leuven, Belgium, Dusseldorf, Germany, New York City, New York, Minneapolis, Minnesota, and yes, even Exonia, Wisconsin. And you know, I've seen some fine theater productions in every one of those cities. But the finest theater in the entire world is right here in good old Watertown. The Watertown Players has produced some of the greatest comedies, musicals, children's shows, and of course radio shows in existence, including the one you're listening to right now. Wow, aren't you glad you tuned in? The Watertown Players, 
dedicated to enriching the lives of those in this and surrounding communities through creativity, expression, and fun. And now we're ready to pay our weekly visit to the Bumsteads. This time we follow Blondie and Bailey Dumpling to the zoo, where Blondie is conducting some experiments with Dagwood's new camera. Let me take the next picture, Mommy. Now wait, baby. Just a second till Mommy turns the film. You have to get it just right or the pictures won't be any good. Is that what's the matter with the ones Daddy takes? Oh, no, dear. Daddy takes his pictures all right. It's just when he goes to develop them that he has trouble. He hasn't quite got the hang of that yet. Daddy says the camera isn't very good either. Well, I don't suppose it is. What can you expect when you win a camera playing hoopla at the state fair? Maybe he should have taken a Cupid doll instead. It would certainly have been cheaper in the long run. We won a camera and then Daddy spent about $60 fixing up that dark room to develop the pictures. Alvin Fuddle says that his father says that for what Daddy spent, he could have had his pictures done at the drugstore for the rest of his life. Well, it doesn't concern the Fuddles. I guess Dagwood is entitled to have a hobby if he wants it. There. Now the camera is all ready for the next picture. Can I take this one? Well, maybe. What would you take a picture of? The giraffe. For Daddy to see. I bet he won't believe it. Oh, I guess Daddy has seen a giraffe before. Not this one, Mommy. This one just came from Africa, the man said. Well, that's right. This is the first day he's been on exhibition. Do you think we could get all of the giraffe in one picture? Look at that long neck. Well, if I give him this apple, maybe he'd lean his neck over. I'm not sure he can reach that far. Oh, you know what would be nice? A picture of you feeding the giraffe an apple. I know Daddy would like that. Okay, Mommy. Only I can't reach up that high. Well, let's see. Maybe we could find something for you to, to stand on. Or maybe this man coming could hold you up. The man is pretty little himself. Shh, baby. I think I know him. Oh, why, yes, it's Mr. Dibby. He works in the jewelry store downtown. Mr. Dibby! Well, 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 Mrs. Bumstead, how nice. And the young man, too. My, 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 he's growing like a weed, eh? Yeah, like a weed. Uh, well, they do grow up before you know it. That's life. That's life. How is Mrs. Dibby? Last time I saw you, she wasn't very well. How kind of you to recall it. She is improving, I think. Slowly. We have hopes. I, I have her in a rest home now. Mustn't give up, you know. Mustn't give up. Oh, no, indeed. I suppose you came to the zoo today to see the new giraffe, Mr. Dibby. Oh, I come here almost every day now. I feed the pigeons, you know. Quite comforting. Pigeons. But isn't it a long way to come on your lunch hour? Eh? I say, Spark and Hiver, where you work, is way over on the other side of town. How do you get back and forth in time? Well, uh, the fact is, Mrs. Bumstead, that I... I've lost my position. Did you get fired? Baby. It's all right, Mrs. Bumstead. 
Call a spade a spade. Yes, uh, I, I was discharged. Oh, what a shame. After all those years, why on earth... They seemed to feel a somewhat younger man was wanted. Then, too, the jewelry trade isn't what it once was. Uh, they felt the need of economizing. That's life, you know. Life. But with your wife so sick and all, what are you going to do, Mr. Dibby? I have hopes of building up a small business in repair work among my old customers. Mustn't give up hope, you know. Good for you. Do you have any customers yet? Not as yet, no. Well, then I'll be the first. Look, this wristwatch of mine doesn't run well at all. I'm sure you could fix it. Well, now I can try. Yes, indeed. It's a pretty watch. Doesn't keep the time, you say? Well, look at it now. It says 10.15, and that's not right. Dear me, no. Let me consult my own watch. Ah, it lacks one minute to 12 noon, and that you may count on. This watch of mine is never wrong. Well, you take my watch, and when it's fixed, I'll tell all my friends you did it, and they'll have more work for you to do. Here you are. I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate this, Mrs. Bumstead. Your confidence in me gives me confidence for the future. Yes, indeed. I will give this work my best attention. You can drop by the house with it when it's ready. Why not come about dinner time? You are very kind. Oh, dear me. I, I wish I could find a way to express my gratitude. Well, I was just going to ask you a favor when I saw you coming along. I wanted to take a picture of Baby Dumpling feeding the giraffe. Only I'm too short. And he's too high, and we won't reach. If you would permit me to hold the young man on my shoulder... That's just what we thought. Excellent. Let me lift you, my young friend. <clears throat> up, up we go. Hi. There we are. Uh, is that comfortable? Sure. Hey, I'm halfway up the giraffe, Mommy. Now he'll have to meet us halfway, eh? Poor creature. Quite unable to bend his knees, you know. Is that so? Dear me, yes. Nature designed the giraffe in a most peculiar manner. But that's life, isn't it? Yes, indeed. Now if the sun would just come out for a minute, I think I'll get a marvelous picture. Oh, don't jiggle on Mr. Dibby's shoulder, baby. I'm trying to reach, Mommy. Look it. The giraffe sees the apple. Yes, he's going to eat it, baby. Now quiet. Here comes the sun. Hold it, Mr. Dibby. Steady now, baby. There. I'll bet that's a grand picture. Hey, Blondie! Hello, Dagwood. Have you had dinner? Sure. Downtown. I figured you'd be late getting back from the zoo. Have a good time? Oh my, yes. We took a lot of pictures, too. Swell. I'll develop them tonight. I think I got one awfully good. It's Baby feeding the giraffe an apple. Mr. Dibby held Baby up. Who? That little Mr. Dibby who worked at Sparks and Hiver's jewelry store. You saw him? Today? Why, yes. Why? I'll tell you in a minute. Gosh, this is important. What did he say? How did he act? Why, he tried to be brave, poor little fellow. 
They let him go, Dagwood, and his wife is sick. And then when I let him take my watch... What? You gave him your watch? Why, yes, to fix for me. What on earth is the matter, Dagwood? You'll never see that watch again, Blondie. That Debbie is a crook. Oh, no, Dagwood. Oh, yes. It's all here in the paper, Blondie. I read it on the bus. Here, listen. Daring sneak thief robs former employer. Police are seeking Eustace K. Dibbing, former watch repairer at Sparks and Hiver's jewelry store for the theft of valuables estimated at $10,000. Dibby, who was discharged for incompetence a week ago, is thought to have returned during the noon hour today and, using his knowledge of the combination, opened a safe and taken the loot. Mr. Sparks had placed the tray of jewelry in the safe at 12 noon when he went to lunch. At 12.30, Mr. Hiver opened the box to find the tray empty. A new employee reported having seen Dibby in the vicinity on returning from his own lunch hour. Detective Mullaney expects an arrest within 24 hours. Now, what do you think of that? I think Detective Mullaney better not arrest poor little Mr. Dibby. That's what I think, because he didn't do it. Ah, now Blondie, he was seen hanging around there and... He was not. Not at noontime. When they say the safe was robbed, because he was with Baby and me at the zoo at noon. How do you know what time it was? Your watch didn't run right. No, but Mr. Dibby's watch was right, and he told me the time. He told you? Don't you see what he was doing? He was fixing up an alibi. He could have said it was any time. Pretty cute. Then he gets his picture taken. I asked him to do that. He's just slick enough to make you think it was your idea. Well, he needn't drag my wife and baby into this. Dagwood, please. Do you trust me? You? Oh, why, sure, Blondie. Well, I trust little Mr. Dibby. I know he's honest, Dagwood, and we ought to help him. Well, if I was sure he was honest... I'll prove it to you. How? By that picture we took of him today. That will show you he was at the zoo. But it won't show when. You only have his word what time it was. Listen, Dagwood, we have to work fast. If they actually arrest him, his wife will know, and it will just about kill her. Please help me. Okay, Blondie. I'm for you. You know that, but... Then go develop that picture. Everything depends on that. Okay, only... Gosh, there's Fuddle. Hey, maybe he can help me in the dark room. Well, don't tell him anything about Mr. Dibby. Just tell him it's very important that we get a good, clear print of one picture in that role. And please, Dagwood, don't let Mr. Fuddle get anything wrong. Sure. Okay. Hi, Fuddle. Come on in. Hi, Bumstead. Howdy, Blondie. I hear you've been posing as a cameraman, Dag. So I came over to expose you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, Fuddle. Say, you're about the fella that robbed the store today? Why, uh, yes. Reminds me of the two farmers. One thought the other had stolen a gate, but he wouldn't accuse him because he was afraid he'd take offense. Get it? 
<laughs> You'll have to hurry, Dagwood. Yeah. Oh, look, Fuddle. I've got to develop some pictures right away. Then it's lucky I dropped in. I know all the tricks of that trade. You're sure you do? My dear boy, haven't you ever heard of Fuddle Photos? Why, at one time I supplied the trade with practically all the pictures for hardware, butcher shop, and hair tonic calendars. Is that so? You must have seen the Happy Lion Dandruff Cure number. A masterpiece. Well, look, it's very important that I get a good, clear print of a picture Blondie took today. Say no more, my boy. Just lead old Farquhar Fuddle within reach of the materials. There are two rolls of film down there, Dagwood. One you took and this one I finished today. Gosh, then we'll have to develop both of them to find the picture we want. What of it? Do we flinch at a little extra developing? The answer is in the negative. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, come on, Fuddle. Say, Blondie, uh, you see who that is, will ya? I'll go to the door, Dagwood. Shut the cellar door, dear. Okay. I'm coming. Why, why, it's Mr. Dibby. I'm sorry to have rung twice, Mrs. Bumstead, but I... I was afraid to stand too long on your step. The, uh, fact is that... Police. Oh, I know. Come in. I'm so sorry to hear of your trouble. I was afraid you would read that story in the papers and be worried about your watch, so I brought it back. Is that why you came here? Yes. Uh, if you thought I was a thief, you would naturally regret having trusted me with anything of value. I never thought for a moment that you were a thief, Mr. Dibby. And this just proves how honest you are. Why you even risked getting arrested just to bring back my watch. Here, keep it. Until this is all over, and then fix it just as we had planned. You, you really trust me? I, I, I can't tell you what this means to me, now. Your wife doesn't know yet, does she? They don't know where she is, you see. But they'll find her in the rest home, and then... Oh, now don't worry. By that time, we'll prove you didn't do it. Why, I saw you myself out at the zoo today, at the very time you were supposed to be opening the safe. But that other man who took my position, he says he saw me there down near the store. I know, but we have proof. Look, I want to do something. Quickly, before the police find your wife. Oh, it would hurt her terribly. Will you trust me, Mr. Dibby? You trusted me. Then don't be surprised at what I'm going to say on the phone. Hello? Operator? I want police headquarters. Yes. The police, but... Shh, it's all right. I'm going to show the detective on the case that photograph, the one with Baby Dumpling and the giraffe. Photograph? I'd forgotten that. I've been so upset. Shh. Hello? Police headquarters, let me speak to Detective Mullaney, please. Thank you. Will they accept the picture as proof, do you think, if my face doesn't show clearly? It will. It will have to. Hello? Oh, Mr. Mullaney? This is Mrs. Bumstead on Shady Lane Avenue. I have some important evidence for you in that Sparks and Hiver robbery case. If you want to get the man who did it, go down to the jewelry store right away. Bye. But I, I don't understand. There will be no one at the store. No. And so he'll phone me from there. 
Then I'll send him out to the zoo where the giraffe is. I, I still don't see. It will keep him too busy to bother your wife. And I have another reason too, a very important reason. You will be a little angry, I'm afraid. I know. So then he'll come out here to ask me what it's all about, and then I'll show him that picture and prove you didn't rob that store. Dear me, I do hope that picture comes out well. Now just take it easy, Mr. Dibby. Why, my husband and an expert are developing that picture right now down in our dark room. Gosh, Fuddle, you sure you got this mixture right? Don't doubt me, Bumstead. I know what I'm doing. Well, but you didn't even measure the different things like it says. It's just like cooking, Bumstead. A pinch of this and a pinch of that. But don't worry. My hand hasn't lost its cunning. I still think we should have gone by the directions on that bottle. That's amateur stuff, Bumstead. Yeah, but it shouldn't be that wrong. It says a spoonful and you put in two cups. Well, that'll just speed things up. You said to hurry it. Yeah, I am in a hurry. Blondie says a lot depends on this. Well, I'll tell you what we'll do then. We'll combine two operations. I'll pour the contents of this second pan into the first one. Wait, Fuddle. You'll never make a darkroom expert if you hem and haw like this, Bumstead. There we go. Now stir that up and watch the results. Gosh, that smells awful. And there's some kind of fumes coming out of it. Look! Just the retroactive metabolism of the chemical constituents, Bumstead. Keep stirring. Hey, the film is sticking together. It's melting! Hmm, maybe it's time to retard the viscosity. Here, put in a dash of this. No, that's flashlight powder. Oh, I thought it was nitrate of benzene. You have some of the good old nitrate, I suppose. When in doubt, we always used to say, a little nighty will make it all righty. They didn't sell me any of that. Then I can't be responsible for results, Bumstead. Better lift the film out right away. Lift it out? I'll have to dig it out. Look, it's turned to glue. Tough luck, Bumstead. I'm afraid you slipped up somewhere. I slipped up? Now listen, Fuddle. Who's there? Dagwood, may I come in? Listen, Dagwood, is the picture all ready? Well, uh, no, not quite. Dagwood, what's that awful-looking stuff on that stick? Well, that was the roll of film, only... Oh, Dagwood, it's ruined! Are both rolls in there? No, we just kind of tried our hand at one at a time. Then there's just a chance that the picture we want is on the other roll. Nice reasoning, Blondie. Come on, Dag. We'll take the other roll and... No, we won't. I think we'd better take this other roll over to the drugstore. That way, if the picture is on it, we have a chance of seeing it. But we can't wait for that, Dagwood. They'll have it ready tomorrow night. Tomorrow night? Oh, that'll be just 24 hours too late. Listen, that little man is trusting me to help him out, and he's waiting upstairs now. What? And not only that, but I sent a detective who just phoned me from the store that was robbed out to the giraffe's cage in the zoo. Hey, uh, what for? I had two reasons, but I can't explain now. He'll be coming here next mad as hops. 
And if I don't have that picture to show him, you'll probably be visiting me in jail. Blondie! So that picture's got to be on the other roll, Dagwood, and you've got to get a clear print of it. This episode of Blindy is being produced and sponsored by the Watertown Players. The Watertown Players has been a staple of this community for over 30 years. Founded by William F. Yonke III, this little community theater troupe started out performing the annual Christmas play at the Octagon House Museum. After years of roaming the streets in search of a place to call home, the Watertown Players found 210 South Water Street in the market right here in downtown Watertown. When you are part of the Watertown Players, whether on stage or in our audience, good friends become better friends, and better friends become lifelong friends. We want to say thank you to all of our lifelong friends, past, present, and future, for supporting the Watertown Players. The Watertown Players, dedicated to enriching the lives of those in this and surrounding communities through creativity, expression, and fun. That film looks pretty good, Bumstead. Now, if you'll take my advice... No thanks, Fuddle. I'll just stagger along according to the directions this time. Another half hour? No. It's time to take them out now. I'll get them out one at a time. Gosh, I hope the shot we want is in this roll. I'm afraid to look. Let's see that negative. Hmm. What are you looking for, Bumstead? It will be a man holding up Baby Dumpling with a giraffe in the background. Oh. Symbolic stuff, huh? Well, this isn't it then. This looks like a circular saw with bad teeth. Let's see. Oh yeah, I took that. It's a portrait of Aunt Bessie. Those are her bangs. Here's one of you. I recognize the shoes. The rest of you seems to be going up in flames. Yeah, uh, Baby took that and it got a little light struck. Here's two that are all black. Oh golly, I hope the one we want is on this roll. Now here's something good, a cabbage on a stick. No, no, that's your little Alvin. Hmm, I think we'll suppress this, Bumstead. A boy could be mocked for life if a thing like this got out. Well, one more, Bumstead. Let's see it. One more? Oh, golly, this, this has just got to be the right one. <laughs> Now don't worry, Mr. Dibby. My husband will find the picture all right, and I know the detective will see what I mean. I hope you're right, Mrs. Bumstead, but it looks pretty black for me. Why, no, Mr. Dibby. You know you're innocent, and I know it, and we'll prove it to everyone else. Maybe that's Mr. Mullaney now. Oh, dear me. I, I'm not sure I can face him. I can't stand people shouting at me. Here, then. You hide in this coat closet. It won't take long. Oh, uh, thank you. Quiet now. Oh, dear me, Mr. Mullaney is impatient. Good evening. Mrs. Bumstead? Yes? Well, I'm Mullaney from headquarters. Oh, come right in. Was it you that called me on the phone and sent me down to that jewelry store? Oh, yes. And when I phoned from there... Was it you who said to drive as fast as I could out to the zoo? Oh, that's right. How fast did you make it? 
It took the squad car 21 minutes with sirens wide open, but that's not the point. Isn't it? No. The point is, there wasn't no thief, nor anybody else, at neither place. And I'd like to ask you, what's the idea? Just this, Mr. Mullaney. If the squad car took 21 minutes at night, could a man on foot or in an ordinary car make it any faster through traffic at noon? Of course he couldn't. It would take close to an hour. Why? Then if I could prove to you that a man was with me at the zoo at noon, he couldn't have been robbing that safe between 12 and 12.30. Who was with you at noon? Mr. Dibby. Oh, he was, eh? He a friend of yours? He certainly is. Well, I never blame people for sticking up for their friends. But you'd better lay off this case, Mrs. Bumstead. Dibby was seen near that store at noon by an eyewitness. You must be mistaken. Maybe it's the other eyewitness who is wrong. But what about a witness that can't lie? How about a photograph? Eh? How do you mean? Suppose I can produce a photograph I took myself at noon today, showing Mr. Dibby in front of that giraffe's cage. Well, have you got a picture like that? I... I hope so. Blondie! Hey, Blondie! In fact, I'm pretty sure. Did you find it, Dagwood? Yeah! Look, I made a print! A beauty! Hey, uh, who's this? Mr. Mullaney, my husband. How'd you do? Hiya. Let me see that snapshot. Say, what's all the excitement? That photograph you just printed is going to save a man from jail, Mr. Fuddle. Save who? This man? He looks like a crook to me. Shh, Fuddle, he's a detective. I meant a detective. Well, well, always glad to meet one of the force. Know the chief well. Maybe you've seen me around the station house, officer. Maybe I have. What was the charge against you? <laughs> That's one on you, Fuddle. <laughs> Let's get back to business. I'll be happy to help the police in this matter. Let me see the photograph. When Mr. Mullaney has finished looking at it. I get the idea you're after, Mrs. Bumstead. Sure. Now look, Fuddle. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. I don't want to be prejudiced either way. Fair play Fuddle is what the boys call me. Hmm. Now, what is this picture supposed to prove? It proves that a man named Dibby was somewhere else. Dibby, the jewel thief? He's not a thief. That picture shows he was at the zoo today at noon, instead of at the store they say he robbed. Well, I'm sorry, Blondie, but my trained eye can detect flaws in your argument. Your trained eye? My eye. Keep out of this, Fuddle. Never mind, Dagwood. What flaws, Mr. Fuddle? Well, uh... How do we know the man in the picture is, Mr. Dibby? It's him, okay. Uh, go on from there, Inspector. Well, admitting it's Dibby, how do we know the picture was taken today? Pretty good. What's the answer, Mrs. Bumstead? Because the giraffe is in the picture, and he wasn't on exhibition until today. Gosh, Blondie, that's swell. Oh boy, she's right. Yeah, well, now I'll ask one. How do we know the picture was taken at noon? That's the important point. Why not two o'clock, say? I think he's got you there, Blondie. He has not. If Blondie says... Take it easy, Mr. Bumstead. Your wife knows the answer to that one, too. Don't you, Mrs. Bumstead? Of course. It's the shadows. Even the long neck of the giraffe hardly casts any shadow at all. 
That means the sun was directly overhead, and that only happens at noon. Wait a minute. I've got a loophole here. Hey, Fuddle, I, I think your wife wants you. Listen, suppose Dibby had this picture taken at the zoo and then drove rapidly to the seat of the crime. This is where I came in. Yes. Tell him why he couldn't have done that, Mr. Mullaney, please. The job was pulled within half an hour of noon. This lady proved that nobody could drive that fast through traffic. What gives me a laugh is she made me prove it for her by driving the distance tonight. <laughs> she did? <laughs> is that funny? I must have lost my sense of humor. Okay, Mrs. Bumstead, you win. And so does your friend Dibby. Only... Yes? Well, a good detective isn't satisfied to prove who didn't do the job. He likes to find out who did. Well, we can't do all the work. Are you hinting, Mr. Mullaney? Yeah. Got any ideas? How about the man who swore he saw Mr. Dibby at the scene of the crime? Say, that's right. Why did he try to throw the blame on Mr. Dibby? Nice work. Maybe you think we're not watching that guy. And maybe you think I'm not having him brought in for questioning. Maybe you think I'm not proud of our police force. They know all the answers. All except this one. Why does a girl as smart as you have to call in a detective at all? Well, good night, Mrs. Bumstead. Mr. Bumstead. Good night, good detective. Good night, model. Uh, Fuddle. Fuddle! Listen, I'll walk along with you. A little business to discuss. Now listen... My friend Bumstead and I developed that photo that solved the case. It seems a little reward should be offered for our services. Hey, Fuddle, cut that out. We don't want any reward. Let me handle this, Bumstead. Let him go, Dagwood. Mr. Mullaney won't pay any attention to him. He's got a nerve. You did all the work, Blondie. Oh, no, dear. Why, you developed that picture so well and so fast. I got the hang of it just in time. You must have a better camera now, Dagwood, now that you're an expert. Well, hey, what's that? In the hall closet. Oh, my, it's little Mr. Dibby. I almost forgot he was in there. Come out, Mr. Dibby. I, I give myself up. No, no, Dibby, it's all right. You're safe now. Safe? Oh, oh my. He's quite faint, Dagwood. Maybe from lack of air. Or lack of food. I bet he didn't eat today from worrying. Oh, Dagwood, you'd prescribe food for a broken leg. Hey, Dibby, are you hungry? Well, I... Sure, sure you are. Listen, how about a little snack? Come on, pal. I'll make you a sandwich. Maybe something hot would be better, Dagwood. No, no. He needs man's food now. Listen, Dibby, I'll make you a Bumstead special. Let's see. Uh, we'll start with a foundation of good corned beef. And then, for zip, we'll put in a shot of Limburger cheese. And that calls for a slice of onion. And then... And so, we leave Blondie and Dagwood of Shady Lane Avenue. We invite you to listen again next week when we join the Bumsteads once more. Next week's episode is entitled, The Lady Finger Holdup. Hm, sounds like a hoot and a half to me. This week's episode, The Zoo and the Jewelry Heist, featured the voice talents of Andrew Woodard as Mr. Dibby, Greg Coots as Mr. Mullaney, 
Matt Emerson as Fuddle, Tara Jones as Baby Dumpling, Blaine Landowski as Dagwood, and of course, Lisa Steffel as Blondie. This week's episode was brought to you by the Watertown Players. Looking for quality, affordable entertainment? Well, look no further, friends. The Watertown Players are on the air every week with new episodes of Blondie. And more productions are always in the works. Be sure to follow the Watertown Players on Facebook so you can stay in the know. This is your announcer, Jim Steffel, thanking you for supporting the Watertown Players and our weekly episodes of Blondie. For more information on how you can help fund these fine old-fashioned productions, please text BLONDIE to 44321. That's BLONDIE, B-L-O-N-D-I-E, to 44321. Thank you and good night.